Mindset Podcast. We're your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. You ever have anxiety or stress about things that aren't necessarily the big monumental life-shaking things that happen? I mean, do you stress or do you have anxiety about things that are smaller in scope, like interactions at work or maybe just random things that you feel like you should be doing, or maybe goals that you've set that you're not quite reaching, like whatever it is, that sort of second tier and below events in life that we get anxious over, that we, we kind of spin over. Uh, even the lower level things, do you find yourself spending a lot of mental time on them? And does it bug you? Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some tactics that can help you handle that anxiety or that stress. Now, I'm not talking about big life-altering emergency sort of things, you know, like things like, uh, if you're in a car accident, <laughs> you're going to have anxiety and stress over that, right? Uh, maybe someone in your family's really sick, you know, maybe you're really sick, like whatever. There are, there are things that are like life changing, you know, those are, those are big events. You're going to stress over those. That's how life works. Um, I'm talking about specifically the things that, uh, you know, you have several of them and they add up to almost the same amount of anxiety and stress that you carry over one of those bigger things in life. And there are things that like maybe you shouldn't be carrying anxiety over. You shouldn't be having stress over, right? Because it, you know, the, the accumulative weight of these things kind of brings you down. So let's look at that. Let's look at how uh, you can work on building your mental strength and you can work on suppressing some of that random anxiety. One of the things is to accept your thoughts. Thought acceptance. <laughs> we all have thoughts. We all think about things. We all, uh, me, I have a problem where I'm not, I joke, I'm not obsessive compulsive. Like I'm not like that, you know. My my wife would tell you there's no way I'm like that because, you know, the the things I do uh, around the house, just it just doesn't seem like it. But I am a little obsessive about certain things. I can't let I can't let things go. So I have these thoughts about things that I can't let go that reoccur. And one thing that I have found that works for me is to just accept them for what they are. Right? Maybe it's an interaction with someone. 
and I will just spin on it. Or maybe it's something that someone uh, did to me, like or or didn't do to me, like something that they told me they would do that they just didn't do or they fell short on. I will tend to sort of fixate on that and obsess about how much that person sucks. <laughs> um, I think I think we do that a lot. Um, so you have to. So I found that I have to just accept those thoughts for what they are, right? I can't suppress it. I can't just force it to go away. I can't just tell myself that I'm being a jerk and I have to not focus on those things. I can't do that. I have to explore the thought, right? Even if it's insane or silly or something scary, I have to explore it in my mind a bit. I will give myself a set amount of time, five to 10 minutes, whatever, and I will think deeply about it. And in my mind's eye, see it through to its, to its end. And I found that if I do that, it kind of goes away. I don't get stuck on it. I don't obsess about it. I don't build anxiety over it. Because, I mean, you just can't do that, right? You can't ignore something into its, uh, you can't ignore something away. Right. Anxiety, if you look it up, the definition is a feeling of fear, dread, or uneasiness that can have actual physiological responses, right? It can make you feel restless, tense. It can, it can lift your, uh, it can make your heart rate uh, up, which in turn puts stress on your body. So I found that if I can work on ways that let me just accept the fact that I have these thoughts and it in turn accept the thing for how it is and that it's, it's over maybe, or, uh, you know, maybe it's me sort of doing the same thing, but about something that may happen, right? Something that someone hasn't done yet. <laughs> That's the ultimate overthinking, right? That, that tends to help giving myself structured time to dig into those things in my mind's eye. Another tactic is to work on building your gratitude. Now, I'm not trying to sound like, you know, Gary V here with the gratitude train, but it is important. So, you know, let's take this example of someone that maybe let me down. And I'm not talking about like on a huge level, I'm talking about small things like, you know, they were late to something or, you know, they forgot to bring the thing that they told you they were going to bring or like whatever. It's not really a big, huge deal in the long run, but it's something that you, you know, maybe it's something that they do all the time. Maybe they're always late and you just, yeah. So in terms of a person or a thing or my life or whatever, I'll try to give them, again, I use that structured time, like five or 10 minutes or whatever. And I'll try to think about two or three things that I'm grateful for. Like someone I'm grateful for in my life or something that someone does that I'm, I'm grateful that I know them for or that they help me with or that they make a way they make me feel. Doing that when it's around a per, when, when your anxiety or whatever stress is, is around a person 
focused on a person or an event or whatever that can help center you and, and keep you focused on what matters. Because, you know, if, if, if you're friends with someone and they're always like five or 10 minutes late and it drives you crazy, but like, you know, you still want to hang out with them. They're still like your friend, you know, they still, they still have good conversation or they still make you feel a certain way or whatever it is. That's, that's why you're there. You're not there hoping that they fix this problem that they have of being late. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not annoying. It just means that you need to focus on the, positive aspects. I mean, otherwise you're going to get bogged down in that every time, you know, a good segue into this next thing was through the gratitude train, but keeping your perspective, like if you're anxious or stressful, stressed out about something, trying to working to reduce it to either its most simple form or to its most ridiculous extreme can help put it in perspective. Because again, most of the time we're feeling anxious about something. It's because we are telling ourselves a story and expecting an outcome to happen. We're creating a narrative for someone or something the results of some some action someone's going to take or the results of something that's going to happen right We're, it's it's usually about what i'm expecting something that hasn't happened yet right and i'm not saying you don't plan you have to you have to plan that's how you're successful that's that's how that works but keeping keeping it in perspective is a useful tactic. Put your mind at peace. So here's something that's always helped me. And I think it's something that a lot of really resilient people do. Like they just do this by default is they build a plan, right? So if, if you have a problem something's stressing you out or you have something that's creating anxiety, create a plan of attack, right? Lean into it and be active towards it, right? What result do I want? How long do I have? How do I get from point A to point B? What's the first, second, or maybe even the third step in this process of solving this problem or dealing with this person or dealing with this problem or whatever it is, planning, working. I don't mean to lean into analysis by analysis, paralysis by analysis. I don't mean to lean into that and create that world because a lot of people, a lot of overthinkers will do that. They'll never actually achieve anything because they never get out of this planning phase. What I'm saying is use the planning phase or use building a plan as a preemptive attack on top of something that's causing you anxiety or stress, right? I think that's like half of it. I mean, if you deconstruct it when, when the thing is over, that's when you feel relieved, the pressure's off. But part of that process of getting over something was the work you do, you do to get up to it and to conquer it. 
Okay, those are those are four. I think I think decent tactics. Um, they're things I do. Uh, things that you know, coaches of mine have have sort of directed me at. All right, part two of this, I, I want to talk about something else. Um, that you know, something that these are things that caused me anxiety or stress in my life. And I've always been sort of a nice guy. Part of my part of my 2022 uh, outlook, (laughs) you know, we've been through this a lot. I don't, I don't necessarily believe in new year's resolutions, but I do like to use the, you know, the trip around the sun, the yearly tick of the calendar, uh, to sort of evaluate some things. And this, this be polite, but not nice. Right. I think I think it's like a Marine, like U.S. Marines thing. I've heard someone I can't really quite remember the the quote exactly, so I won't go into it to butcher it. But being polite but not nice, All right? And there's a difference. Nice people never rock the boat. This, this came to me. Uh, th- I've got a link to a medium, cool medium article here. So these came from that. So I want to kind of break those down from that. I uh, don't want to not give uh, credit there, so you can follow the link to the the full article. But um, I read this and I was like, yes, that. So I wanted to share it here. So nice people never rock the boat. They never speak up. They let people walk and talk all over them. Their opinions get dismissed, maybe even mocked. When good people don't stick up for themselves, the world gets overrun by pricks. <laughs> um. I, I kind of, you know, I'm professional and I expect people to be professional back, you know, in my, my job, my, my daily life. But that's, that's, that's not always the case. And that rarely happens. I, I rarely get back the professional level. Like, and I've struggled with that. And I think that you can politely point out that someone's not being a professional you can politely point out that they're falling short of your expectations or the ex- or the contractual expectations. You can do that, and I think you should. And I think I think that's good business, and I think that's good practice for being a mentally resilient human being. So here's ten things that the article pointed out, and we'll, I want to go through them briefly, but maybe some of these. Uh, fire off something in your brain. I hope so. Uh, if it does, let me know. And if, if you have one to add to the list, let me know. Make your needs known. Right? If, like, people can't read your mind, you know, you, you need to clearly set expectations. If you're going into a business deal or a relationship or whatever you're working alongside someone or whatever, like communicate the expectations. It's pretty simple, but like you do it politely, right? You can say what you expect of the person out of the person to get to the desired result that you've both agreed to 
or the group has agreed to, whatever, you can politely point those things out. Right. But when you're being nice is when you let everyone get away with not pulling, not putting in their effort or not living up to the quality or whatever it is. And you can politely point, point it out when that's not happening. <clears throat> Saying what you mean, don't like, don't play games. Like be clear, like say the thing that you mean clearly. There's always a chance that someone will misunderstand you like that. i I am prepared now, you know, at this stage in my career, in my life, I am prepared that to expect most people to misunderstand at some point something that I'm saying or doing, right? I've just, I've just gotten used to it and I'm prepared for it. So I work on that part of, of trying to explain things to people. And I don't consider it like early on in my career, I, I considered them dumb or like whatever, like lesser they didn't get what I was saying. But now I, I sort of take that ownership of it's my job to explain it. It's my job to communicate it. But at the same time, I have to make sure that I'm saying what I mean and that I'm not speaking in the gray areas or, you know, saying one thing but expecting something else. I have to be very clear and, and defined in how I say things and what I say. Okay, number three, nip bad behavior in the bud. Like Barney Fife says on Andy Griffith, nip it in the bud, Andy. Like that's important. And you can do that politely, right? If you've set the ground rules, if you've made expectations and you've said what you mean pretty clearly and everyone agrees, and then this person is like not doing it, you can call them out. You can politely tell them, I mean, you can say it in a matter-of-fact, factual way and let everyone know this can't happen anymore. Like, But the key, I think the key is you have to do it then. You have to do it the moment you see it and get, get it out of the way and do it. Because <clears throat> if you let that stuff linger, if you don't, then you have to take ownership of it at a certain point. The longer you let it go. It's as, it's as much your, you as it is the other person because you're letting it happen. You're part of the problem at that point. Number four, being honest. I mean, that's tan tantamount to everything in life, being honest. And here's the thing about that too. You can do it in a polite way, right? And... And I'm not saying be honest with someone, uh, not being honest with someone, not telling them the thing that they need to know is being nice, right? Not mentioning it. Then you're just being nice. Being honest with them and telling them something that they're doing that's just not cool or a huge character flaw in someone. But here's where the politeness comes in. Just because you can, and just because you're right, that doesn't mean you be rude. It doesn't mean that you be blunt, and it doesn't mean you don't take their feelings into account. Right? And that's what I mean by being polite. Deliver the news in a professional, polite way. Right? Not out loud in front of everyone, 
you don't have carte blanche to be like, well, I'm going to always tell you the truth, so take it how it comes. Like that, you just, you, then you're not, then you're being a jerk, right? You can communicate character flaws and mess ups and issues with people in a polite, professional manner, okay? Again, being nice is looking the other way. Being nice is not saying anything. It's just easier. It's easier to do. It's easy to be nice. Number five is related. Think in terms of respect. Right? Give respect to get respect. Right? So if, if you are going to communicate with that person, th- be respectful. Think of the respect that you want back. Because in the same scenario, if you're just a loudmouth jerk and you just announce to the room that what this one person is... Here's their character flaw. Or here's the thing they're doing that's stupid. Whatever it is, they're not going to respect you. They're going to look down on you. They're going to look at you as some kind of like, like bull in a china shop, crude. Right? But if you handle that in a professional manner and do, you know, four through one here, they're going to respect you. Number six, stand up for yourself. Somebody steps on your toes. Politely tell them, hey, you're stepping on my toes, right? Being nice is not saying anything. Being nice is looking the other way and letting them get away with it, right? If you don't stand up for yourself, you're going to rely on someone else to do it. Again, be respectful, be polite. There's something, and I think this kind of ties into the whole country. There's something going on now. I mean, I say now, it's probably always whatever. I'm just sensitive to it. But we feel justified. So therefore, we're loud and obnoxious about whatever we think we're standing up for ourselves for. Right? Like, you know, the terms Karens or, or what's the male equivalent? Gavin? I don't know. But whatever it is. It's that mindset of like, I am right and I am justified in my assholeish behavior back out. And in a way you are, you have like, you're witnessing something wrong or someone's doing something wrong to you. You, you do have the right. You are justified in wigging out and acting like a jerk back. But should you? It's really the question. And I don't think so. Um, Interrupt people. I had to read this one a couple times and, and really think about this one. Um, I think it means in this context and how you apply it, polite versus nice. Being nice would be like, let's, let's say you overhear people talking and, and you know from your expertise, you've spent you know, 10, 20 years in this industry and they're just wrong. Being nice is just letting it go, letting them believe what they want to believe. And what that means interrupting them is inserting yourself in that conversation politely or making yourself part of that conversation. Whatever, whatever respectful, polite entry you use, but become involved, get involved. So I'm going to make that little note there because I think that's useful. Say no 
way more often than you say yes. Remember, no is a complete sentence. If you are the type of person that can never say no to someone else or anyone else, you're always saying yes, you're always putting your your resources and your energy out for other people and you feel like you're never getting it back, well, try saying no once in a while. Try politely, respectfully explaining, I, I can't do that, I'm busy, or no, I, I'm not interested in that or whatever. Try it. Try it. Something I'm going to try more of uh, in this new year. Because of number nine, put yourself first in a good way. It doesn't mean being selfish. Being nice is always using your resources, always initiating in the thing that everyone else wants to do or someone else wants to do. Put yourself first. Right? Go to the restaurant you want to go to. Use your energy for your project. Use your energy to make yourself better. Work on yourself. It's it's okay. Right? We always want to be the hero and and give and use our resources to the betterment of others. And we should. We always should. But more than you do that, you should help yourself. Right? It's like the old the old saying or whatever where, you know, when you're in the airplane and the something bad happens and the 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 air mass oxygen masks come down. You put it on yourself before you put it on someone else. It's the same thing here. And finally, the last one, uh, it's okay to be competitive. Realize it's okay to be competitive. Um, The, the article talks about uh, that they used to think that competition was about ego and selfishness. It's not. You, you should want to win, right? A lot of good things and a lot of improvement and a lot of skill building happens when you're in the competition mode, Right? It's it's a sign of respect to put everything into what you have, especially against someone else, right? We talk about this a lot in our martial arts where, uh, and I'm not saying, like, let's take sparring, for example, even in jiu-jitsu or, you know, boxing or whatever. Uh, a lot of times you'll, like, really begin to coddle someone who's at a lesser skill level than you. And I'm not saying you go out there and just beat them up or never let them whatever. You can let someone work. You can let, like in jiu-jitsu, you can let someone figure things out and you don't submit them every 15 seconds. You're, you're sparring with someone boxing. You can, you can let someone work without like punching them in the eye every three seconds. But if you just just give it zero effort or whatever, you, you're coddling them. You're not giving them the effort that they need to then sharpen their spear against. Okay, so one, it's okay to be competitive, and it built and it sharpens your spear. 
because you're going to be in a scenario where someone's better than you and you're going to want them to give you their good effort so that you can see where you are. Okay, so those 10 things, I thought they were a pretty good list. Um, remember, be polite, but not nice uh, going into the new year. I hope that helps. couple of interrelated concepts today. I uh, hope that helps you. Again, if you have anyone you want to add on to this thoughts, uh, you want to you want to just share, hit me up. You know where to find me. I'm all over the internet, and uh, you got you can get me here on the website. So, until next time, get after you.